Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The stories. Welcome to Up to 90. Oh my God, we're back again. Oh, are we doing the Backstreet Boys? Well, Is that what we're doing today? Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh god do you remember that and Nick's bangs do you remember the old oh, bangs that floppy yeah, what sorry what it, to be honest it was a real banger wasn't it yeah. it was it was totally yeah absolutely I was it was, I would say, I'd put Backstreet's back on a par with um, Five Will Make You Get Up, Sing It, One, Two. Uh, like, I put it on a par with that. And actually, Fred has a great joke about going to see them at a reunion thing. And, like, the whole oh, thing, three. like, there's only three members. And it's like, one, two, three. <laughs> and just a bit of shoulder action. You're like, surely somebody you could sing four or get five. Do you know what my one of my favourite pastimes now is to go on YouTube and look at old boy band uh, videos. So NSYNC, uh, NSYNC have some absolute crackers. Their videos in particular. They have some great, they have some great tunes, but the videos, the cheesiness of the videos is off the fucking charts. Um, that's what I like to do at my time. That's just me. I like to I look at a bit of I'll Take That as well. Well, I think, well, a bit of Take That. Oh, love a bit of Take That. I think that I have um, been known to uh, go through the old boys to men videos. They were the ones I really, I really loved. You. Like you, like you want me, want me to. And you're sitting there like, you're sitting there making your confirmation, being like, yeah, like that's exactly I what I know, I know. I know. There was a girl I want you to make, I don't want you to make love to me any old way. <laughs> I want you to make, I want you to make love to me, Emma, exactly how you know I like it. Like that's what, like he's not going to make love to me like just in a generic, like any old girl. Like he's going to know exactly what I want and he's going to do that. And he's going to love you all through the night. And by the way, I'm not taking my pledge. No, no, thank you. Thank you. Up to 90, up to 90, up to 90 with Emma and Julie. 
Faith to the Girl. That, that was her favourite song. But every time it used to come on, it used to remind her of her ex. So she used to cry. So it was always like, oh, this song's coming on. It's going to get a bit emotional for her. So she'd have an L cry. She was fucking 14, like. I was going to say, like, these ones, you were like, oh, it's just it's their song. my heart. And yeah. I had a flashback, actually, recently. Um, I encountered a girl in a supermarket. It's a non-story, but I just, similar to that, I did encounter a girl in a supermarket with her current husband. And I did just suddenly have a flashback to when, again, we were like in second year and her bawling, crying over some guy who, <laughs> by the way, by the way, was effectively like, he was so much old. Like you look back now and like, you're like, oh yeah. So at the time, like he was, we were 14 and he was 20 and we were like, this is completely normal. <laughs> and I can remember her bawling her eyes out being like, I thought I was going to marry this man. And we were like, we know, we thought, we thought you were going to marry him too. Who the fuck did we think we were? 13 or 14 we thought you were gonna marry him too like stop it i don't it. know i know there was a lot of that there was a lot of like if people were together for like longer than six months you're like oh my god they're still getting married oh you automatically presumed you were like yeah complete marriage and sure it's so rare and if we do have younger listen listeners listening to this my apologies but it is so rare that you do end up with your lover from secondary school. Yeah, it is it is rare. I do know I do know of it. I know people in my close yeah. my close circle, but yeah, it is unusual. But it's not on feet. Um couple of things actually before we start, can I just give a quick shout out to our patrons who are so amazing. They're my favourite. Um, because we got we got a few messages from people and you know what honestly, with the extra episodes and the vids, I just the crack I have with like people messaging and leaving comments like they're just such a good bunch so just I'm gonna go through the B's and some of the C's today mm-hmm. we've got the bandwagons we've got Belinda or we've got Breda we've got Brona we've got Breed we've got Katrina we've got Quiva we've got Carla we've got Carol we also have a few Claire's sure where would you be going like how could you not have a few Claire's so we have Claire uh, we'll say Claire C, we've got Claire K, we've got Claire M, we've got Claire Ooh. OS, and we also have Claire, just one name only, like Madonna, and spelled like the county, which intrigues Ooh, me. Ooh, fancy. Mm. So, county Claire is supporting us, so thank you so much uh, to all those who are, doesn't matter what tier you're on, we really appreciate it. And just a quick reminder, for $3, a month you get how many extra episodes ems four four and i don't know what it is with the extra episodes i actually i i think the extra episodes are funnier is it that we are kind of maybe i don't know not that we're more relaxed but is it just that it's that it's kind of a bit no no filter kind of thing yeah it's a different it's definitely a, a different vibe and not that we planned it that way but it definitely just kind of do you know what I that think? way yeah and I think it, what it could be actually as well because obviously we love our free podcast um also equally just as much but I think mm. with the extra it's because we don't have an editor and neither of us can actually edit the episode that we know <laughs> we know this is a one take Sally don't yes, we that's true yeah everything's going in there's no editing <laughs> at all shock horror just, backstage honestly, secrets well, if Pat Kenny ever gets his hands on last week's episode, we're done. 
Jesus fuck, I totally forgot about the that. Chat, the chat, she, I mean, honestly, I'm just, oh, I'm dragging oh. bumping into Pat K. Because I'm kind of like, oh, we can say whatever we want. But like, if we said something really off the charts, like somebody would just pay oneself three euro to go and fucking find it. <laughs> well, you see, it's not like, you know, we're not like one of these podcasts are like for $20 a month, you can access our... <laughs> free podcast club like it's fairly (laughs) like Emma it's fairly non-committal three dollars a month and you're in fuck's sake I know you're there you're writing for I don't know extra.ie goss.ie your pen is in hand you're like here's my article like this is you know this is great so now yeah look it's it's all there and you know what I think it was a loving discussion of Pat ultimately it was. Like, I can't really remember yeah. it, but it was. He just basically said he was everyone's dad. Ah, uh, yeah. The reasons why. Yeah. I think we said we thought he was he, he, he was safe, wasn't it? Uh, is that? I actually can't remember. Was that Was that kind of what we ended up? Do you know what? It's actually very funny because Thank we said. No, because you know what it was? And it's so timely now at the moment with everything's going on. But we were saying the fact that Pat is liable to let something mad come out. You nearly trust oh, him more. That's exactly what we were because saying. Because he's yeah. less um, guarded sometimes. Yeah, he's he's not guarded. And then we went through the various instances where Pat wasn't guarded. And I talked about how I listened to him last week. And the person who was a very annoying guest, you remember he kind of cut him off and then he was fumbling with the keyboard. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, we're just going to go to song. It's all stuff your dad would do. But I think actually you're right, Emma, that was ultimately it. We were saying, yeah, like he's no filter, but Pat's okay. Yeah, I, th- I thought that's yeah. what it was. Bit of, a bit of harmless oh. flagging, but that was maintained. Oh, look, if you're not slagging on a podcast, ah, what yeah. are you? if I'm not slagging, uh, I don't care about you. Fact. I was, um, that's what I tell my counsellor every <clears> week. I'm like, if she wouldn't slag me, if she doesn't love me, she only slags because she cares. Uh, I was in, was I was in the hospital this morning getting an L scan and hilariously, so anyway, they do the whole thing. They're like, oh, look at the lovely long fingers. It's going to be a piano player. And you're like, oh, God, that's lovely now because actually my partner plays the piano. So that's, oh, baby's very long. And I was like, oh, God, that's fab now because my partner is very, very tall. So, like, obviously the baby's going to be tall. And then I was like, oh, can you tell the weight of the baby? So... <laughs> She then went and she did a few calculations and she's like, that can't be right. And straight away you're like, oh my God, fuck me. So bearing in mind, we have three months to go. I know this seems like the longest pregnancy ever. Yeah. We do have three full months to go. Because uh, obviously pregnancy is actually 10 months. Like they sell you on the lie. And she turns to me and says, so at the moment she's like, I presume they told you in the coom that it's a very big baby. I was like, I don't think it was very big, like at the last scan. Obviously the last scan of the coom was ages ago, by the way. Right, yeah. And then she was like, I was like, it's a big baby. And she was like, it's a very big baby. So the baby is over four pounds at the moment with three months to go. Christ, Judy. So essentially, well, like the, the baby's going to come out and like, you know, people will come to the house and they'll be like, I'm here to see the baby. And the baby will be like, I'm the baby. 
Like the baby is <laughs> ginormous. Sorry, Jude. I'm actually just sitting here in shock. Like it was nice now knowing you. Best of well, luck. They, Best look, of luck. It, it goes at saying the hypno birthing is done. <laughs> like get the, breathing the baby out of me. Like I wanted an epidural just hearing this. I was like, no, no, no. Well, no, what? Wait and see, because all joking aside, it all depends on the size of that noggin. Yeah, it's all. No, the and if the baby's long, if he, that's good if the baby's long, because it means that the weight is. Out. But the weight is distributed. If it was a oh, short right. baby yeah. and it weighed that much, I'd be like, it's game over. And it so all no, depends no. on the head. The rest was actually, there's very little pushing involved. The cranium oh. looks quite sizable. It well, does. Well, you you do have you're in you're we're in the same club. We both have giant heads, so yeah, we have huge heads. Uh, phys- physically speaking, of course, he yes. goes out the door. But look, the moral of the story is like if you're having a baby with fried kook, it's just going to be huge. So yeah. I was like, maybe the baby will like stop, you know, it'll kind of slow down. Like this was just a little growth spurt and the lady was just like shaking her head. She's like, no, like that's babies don't work like that. And so what did then she... I had to laugh. Because <laughs> then I was like, I had said when I went in, really want to try the hypnobirth thing. And she was like, yeah, like, we'll just see how we go. <sighs> yeah. And actually in the car on the way in, Fred had said, which I think is a lovely idea, but it was kind of hysterical coming from Fred. Uh, they suggest getting a picture of a flower to put put somewhere in your house to remind you like that your vagina is essentially a flower and the petals are going to unfold and it's all going to be fine. And then you hear the size of the baby and you're like, forget the fucking flower. OK, we're not going to print off pictures of the flower. Absolutely not. But it is nice to know that I'm finally going to have so I'm going to have a baby that can reach the top shelf for me. So that's good to know. Like they can they have access to the chocolate section. Like that's going to really help me out. Well, do you know what? Bedtime story. <laughs> the hypno burst, no matter what, no matter what happens, the, what you, the bits that you've gotten from that will be helpful regardless you know i'm only saying this to even for the even for the trip to the hospital you know what i mean like so these things are always useful yeah no i'm only only being a bit facetious like i I know but like in in fairness if you find out that you're having a a big a big old baba it is kind of it makes an already daunting task just seem that little bit more daunting well we'll see i mean they do say it goes up by half a pound a week so i was doing the maths and i was like okay be a bit over 10 pounds but you're not okay yeah you know like you hear of 10 pound babies all the time i mean my vagina is clenching needless to say it's a thought but the baby probably is quite long because fred is like a tall person like you've seen the size of me and shane and both tommy and joe were a three god that's a big size emma do you know like yeah that is big yeah well i suppose like it's not like shane would be a tall man and i'm certainly not a tall woman and neither one of us, it's not like Shane is like broad or anything. Do you know what I mean? So I suppose it is kind of, I don't know, expert could tell me now. But it's not a small, they're not small babies anyway for the size no. of the two parents. Very, you know what I mean? very so, substantial babies. Sure. Yeah, who's, who's be, to say? This is it. Sure, who, who knows? Like, you know, I don't know if, I, I don't know if it makes 
that much difference when it comes to the comes to DJ anyway. Do you know that kind of way? No. Like, but it, I, I know I, what I, you mean. When you find that out, you're like, Jesus fucking hell, like, what am I carrying, just, you know? It, it was funny. It's just when it's like, this must be wrong. And you're like, but how is it that? <laughs> I think they were going to say like two and a half pounds. I was like, but yeah. there's two months to go. But anyway, look, it was very funny. And then rounding off, stopped in the shop. Um, Fred was eyeing up the, wait for it, the pre-made fajitas. Like, sorry, if you don't have the time to make your own fajitas, you need to have a chat oh. with yourself. Like, you get Barack one? Obama, I thought, no, because I was like, come on now, Fred, surely we, like, we can find the time to make actual fajitas. I mean, even Barack Obama at the height of his presidency, I'm sure, had time to whip up an old fajita for dinner. I'd say so, Pre-made yeah. fajitas, Emma. If I was going to get something... I'd be 100% in or out. I'm either getting like proper takeaway or I'm just making it myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, otherwise, what's the point? What's the point, yeah. And that's what it's fucking like about to eat my own arm. But no. Sometimes you got to save it. you got to save it and just have have the food at home. You know. Yeah, no, I just think I, I, I think you need to you need to have a chat with yourself if you don't have the Is it a great as well about the hairdressers reopening and reopening Emma? End of the month. Oh well goodness me. Well I did I will I tell you what I did? Go first. I cut all my hair off. No, you did not. I did too. I got my mom to cut it last night. How did you how did you get on? Are you happy with this? No. It's growing oh. on me, but uh, my mom is very good at cutting hair and she would have cut my hair for years. And I only really started getting a cut in a hairdresser's when I wanted to get it layered. And she was kinda okay. like, Oh well look, that's kind of I wouldn't be the best to do that. And I was like, Yeah, that, that's grand, that's fair enough. So she came over I like last. That, I like that Margie knows her own limits. By the way. Oh, like, and she'd be totally she'd be really right. like she's totally got like she could turn her hand to anything, or she'd be great at like altering clothes, and she's really like got like she's really perfectionist, like keen eye and all that stuff. Whereas if I was sewing and stuff, it would always start getting messy towards the end because I'd be like, oh fuck it, it's grand. So I could never cut hair because I would just start to get bored. I could do you a fringe. I could do someone. A really nice fringe, but that's it. I wouldn't have the stamina for an actual proper haircut. So anyway, uh, she called over last night, and I said I want it. Uh, I want it sitting on my shoulders. I want it sitting on my shoulders. She was like, "Cool," and she kind of like you know, uh, put the hair to the back of my neck, and she's like, "So you want it there?" And I was like, "Yeah, I want it like sitting on my shoulders." And then she started cutting grand, and then she said, "Oh." Oh, I think we've gone a little bit shorter here now. And then she's like, oh, no, I think I think we're going to be okay. And we were only in, had really started the process. And I was just like, what the fuck? So when it was good anyway, I was like, this is a lot shorter than I envisioned. It's like a good... It always is. Yeah, it's like a good probably inch and a half more than... I was expecting. Now, in fairness to Margie, and I did say this to somebody today. Now, I didn't cry or anything, but I was just like, oh, no. And you know that you just can't hide it. I was just like, no. I was like, no, it's not your fault. I was like, I just don't know if I'm feeling it like at all. 
but having said that I did get my period today and then <laughs> okay so thank god you're not pregnant that's that was my initial thought when I heard about March she cutting it too short I was like oh my god she's gonna fucking say she's pregnant <laughs> and she knows it's my thing I got the period so that released some of the uh, emotions I think within or some of the sensitivities and it's actually it's you know I'm I'm liking it a bit more as the day goes on and my hair does go grow very quickly but I, I think it was just such yeah, a big change hair grows, of course. I was just like what the fuck but in fairness I did wash it this morning and I was like oh this is a bit of a fucking luxury and I can still put it up in a little ponytail like the whole lot but- and that's that, kind of the main thing. You know, of course, you know what? That is the deal breaker. If you can still put it up, you can get away with murder while you're waiting for it to grow. But sure, it's probably fab. You have such a lovely little face. Well, it has. I, I, I do like it more as the day goes on. And to be honest, I actually, I had this haircut before. Do you remember what I was saying to you ages ago about when I went to the hairdressers and I asked for the old Sienna Miller? And they wouldn't do it, but they cut it, like, they kind of gave me a bob it's it's kind of like about the same length as that maybe even a little t- bit longer and I, d- I did really like that cut and everyone like loved it on me or whatever but ma- I don't know maybe it was just the pre the pretension or something but I was just like it was when I saw it I was like just not feeling it. and my mom kept but saying all the wrong I things think... she was just like oh my god you look like she's like you look like you're about 12 and I was like that is not the look I'm going for and then she Oh, I don't know. It was just the way she was saying it. She's like, I think it's, I think it's very sophisticated. I, she's like, you look like a proper adult now. And then she's like, well, not that you didn't before. And I was just like, oh, what are you saying? Like, I look like a fucking like proper L one now, like mumsy. I was just like, well, I think. But maybe it's, it was just the what? looming period that I was just like, she could have said anything. You know, also, I, like, I feel I bad think- for now. I think, but you know what I think as well. When something's different, you you need time to decide whether or not you like it. Like it's very rare that you're like, oh my god, this is different. I fucking love it. Like you need just time to chill. And I suppose who leaves the hair? Like who leaves the hairdressers? And it's just like a hundred percent buzzed about what's just happened. Never. I mean, very very hard. Hairdressing. When I did my hairdressing sketch video the last week, and it is that thing of you go in for a trim and they're like, I'm going to have to, you know, deep, I'm going to have to, you know, do a color conditioner, leave-in conditioner, uh, I'm going to have to do double penetration conditioner, this is going to come to 350, how does that make you feel? Like, you're powerless, like, they've poured out the products, like, you're like, okay, grand, and you know you're going to hate it, that's always the thing, like, I never go in with hope. I, I know it's going to be awful. So it's not even like I'm leaving disappointed. Like disappointed would suggest that you expected something good initially. I know, I know, yeah. Like I am leaving and my fears have been confirmed. Like I hate my face. My face is now exposed. The hair is fucked. Like it's generally. <laughs> and you see, they always do a thing with me because my hair is so curly that they'll straighten and they'll be like, look, see, it's not that short. And I'm like, I have curly hair. So then you go home and it is like fucking Annie. Like you wash it no. and it just puffs up, which it, again can look great on some people, but it's just a big change always it's yeah. just a, it's just really hard so you just I'm sure look absolutely fab but need maybe a bit of time to just but you know like do you know what as well I wanted to cut my hair for ages 
and my long hair was just like really pissing me off you know when you get to the point with your hair where you're just like you, you can hardly look at it anymore you're just like would you ever fuck off so like it's totally what I wanted it's just a little bit shorter but like that was always going to be even if I went to the hairdresser that was what was going to happen I was going to end sure up with hair a bit shorter it's the bit where they show you yeah is that okay an eight, about an inch and you're like yeah and then they just cut straight from the root you're like that's not what you agreed <laughs> like you've just shown me the you just show me a split end and now you're you've cut it up to my ear but look I do I'm delighted that the hairdressers are opening up again because I bumped into <laughs> my I bumped into my buddy Nula who's a hairdresser in Dingo oh, and yes. she's great and she kindly squeezed me in, kindly yeah. squeezed me in for the second week of July. So I'm utterly Delira. I do think as well, uh, I did make this point. I know it's slightly controversial because everyone, you know, has, which with good reason, been saying that he has been knocking it out of the park. Tony Houlihan, who obviously is the chief medical officer in Ireland for our international listener. He, I, I do feel he's done a great job, but I just think... The person who decided and had the power to decide when the hairdressers were reopening, like it shouldn't fall to a bald man. Like it should be somebody with hair making that decision. Like if somebody with hair was deciding when the hairdressers were reopening, like these guys, like we would have reopened them in, I would say like a month ago. Yeah, it should have been somebody who's, been growing out follicles. yeah it should have been basically somebody who's been trying to grow layers since last summer that could I mean, have been the person me, yeah. I mean actually even if we wanted it expediated further even I would say somebody with hair extensions should have been making mm. that call because imagine the people and so many out there I'm sure you got their hair extensions done the week of Christmas three months yeah. later Three months later, which is when you're supposed to change them, they had booked in to get them taken out and redone for Paddy's Day. Like, that was the 17th of March. Fuck, Paddy's Day feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? But imagine, imagine how much longer it would feel if you've got fucking hair extensions still in your head for six months. So I think it should have been somebody with extensions making that call. Yeah, I actually, I'm getting my, I'm getting nail extensions on Wednesday so I'm looking forward to that oh, oh that'll be fine I'd love to get the old nails done I'll have yeah. to get on that actually and you know what I do want to get done but I'm like I'm never going to get it done and I wish I could get it done you know um you get your eyelashes permed oh listen Emma shut the f- you've lost the plot girl <laughs> perming your look stop it now lots of people get this done Stop it. And Camille, so what did you think about all the stuff about Irish comedy scene? Oh, I mean, well, it floored, I have to say, when I woke up on Saturday morning, I, I didn't see this coming at all. So, like, obviously, I went on Twitter and I was floored by, like, say, the person in question. Um, uh, Like, you know, a couple of people had come out and said that this person had like sexually assaulted them, uh, gaslit them, like treated them like absolute shit. Like I was, when I, when I heard he was at the center of this, I was completely floored and I did not see it coming. Like if somebody had said to me, 
you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and, you know, there's going to be a story about like a sexual, another sexual predator in Irish comedy. I never in a million years would have thought the person at the heart of this, who, by the way, did co- I'm not going to name him here, but he did come out and say that that tweet, the initial tweet was about him. Yeah. Um, now it was fair. It was fairly clear if you do comedy who it was about anyway. If you went through the thread, but like so, you know, this isn't me like putting something well, new was, out there. Yeah, it's, there was articles yeah. about him in the Sunday Times and uh, Shortland. I was named. I actually, yeah, I actually he was named. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he was named. Um, but I think I think it was certainly. As a woman in comedy, it's not is like very sad to say, like, but it's not something that surprised me. But the person in question really, yeah. really surprised me, and I, I think that's what kind of threw me and threw a lot of people because you kind of think, oh my god, like if this person is guilty of this shit, like, are any of them halfway decent? Like, it just it yeah. really threw me. Because remember, I was saying to you and sure like obviously this is no secret to you and no secret to anyone who does comedy and not that it matters in the slightest but just to just to put it in context or whatever I'd I like never really liked this person in comedy and I I definitely wasn't buying what they were selling they kind of no themselves as um a write-on kind of almost activist really but well, yeah I just wasn't buying what they were selling but I I never would have thought about them as being a danger in terms of uh like predatory behavior and acting out in it in quite a, um, a serious way as well and um I think as well for a lot of people it was more shocking and that, this was in one of the articles as well is that he was one of the original people who would have accused Al Porter. So it wouldn't have been that long ago that he would have had people empathizing with him and thanking him for speaking out and being so brave. Um, And then so I think a lot of people who, especially who would have supported him at that time, just felt... uh, it just made it feel well, all see, the, but, it was even worse. Do you know what I mean? Well, it definitely, I mean, it compounds it because I think that's what kind of gave a lot of people the heebie-jeebies as well. Because, you know, you would have viewed this person as, well, certainly he would have, like, presented himself as a victim. So mm. then to hear of him actually perpetrating these awful, awful things on what would seem like, you know, I mean, certainly more than one woman, like quite a few. I think that's what really, like certainly if, you know, when he came out and accused Al Porter, if you were one of those people that really had his back and supported him and empathised with him and all of that, and maybe even shared your own experiences of of some kind of abuse in that moment where you're like, you're not alone like I've been there imagine how exposed and upset you would feel in the wake of what we now know has been going on I mean I can only imagine how distressing that would be yeah it's bad and I was kind of saying today that 
Not, not really now. Although it's, you know, I would very much still, even though there hasn't been gigs in ages. I was, as you know, and like yourself, I'd be very much, you know, if someone tells me to be there at eight, I'll turn up at ten to eight. I'll do my spot and I'll go home. Uh, but obviously now, like, there's loads of people in comedy who I get on with, and I would consider friends or whatever. But like when I started out, you defo learn quite quickly to just focus on your jokes and just kind of be nice to everyone and chat you know and chat to people but in terms of like you know people saying maybe what you would see as distasteful jokes or whatever you just kind of like roll your eyes and look at your notebook and kind of get on with it and I was saying well I think yeah and I think we I think a lot of us did that because you know it is a don't get me wrong it's not like when I was starting out that I thought that it was full of predators or anything like that it's not like it was kind of like I've got to protect myself like my life's at stake it's not that I felt like that but I definitely didn't want to get involved in and start calling out other people's behavior that I didn't think and these were people like say that I didn't fucking think much of anyway I I I, I wouldn't have felt the need to kind of call pick, pick them up on their behavior or call them out unless I unless of course I saw being directly ta- like you know or like directed at somebody um who was right there in well, front of me I think I think it's a vortex comedy like you know as in if you, you can easily get caught up in as you say there's an awful lot of comedians who and certainly like you and I now would be sitting there you're listening to comedians make really distasteful sexist disgusting misogynistic jokes and you know you do sometimes think oh, I could pull them up on that but generally, I would just, again, like, as you say, like, just have a scribble on my notebook and say, look, I mean, there's probably no point even going there with that person. Like, I'm not going to lower myself to get into a discussion as to why his joke yes. is offensive. And I do like, maybe you should be doing that. But well, that's what I said. I said, like, that that's kind of what I feel I I need to do now so that if I if I do hear conversations or like even, you know, the great thing of there'd be a lot of silent bullying going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a big problem. Yeah. Because you remember I was saying to you, even when I, I started out, I would have been like kind of silently bullied by say a more experienced comedian. And yeah. at the time you're just like, geez, like what the fuck did I do? Whatever. But like, you know, and obviously it's you know it's all cool now and whatever uh it's old news but looking back at it now I can totally understand how, why she went about things like that with me because she was kind of a product of the environment that she'd already been in where we're all pitted against each other so you're made a lot for a lot of people uh, automatically when a new female comes uh, on the scene a new female comedian you think that sh- this now is competition but mm-hmm. like if there's a pl- in this kind of thing well if there if there's going to be a place for her that means that there's not going to be a place for me and it's totally natural to feel like that because a lot of the time it would be a case of there'd be one woman on the bill so you you would yeah. be pitted against each other but it, it 
you know, it, it wouldn't be an imaginary thing either. But I think that's, a, but I think that in, in and of itself, like, I think we all feel that pressure, like certainly when you're told, oh, have you seen so-and-so, we'll say a new up-and-coming female comedian, she's deadly. I mean, you know, not, I would say not now in terms of up-and-coming comedians, but up until relatively recently, I would always kind of feel a bit threatened to an extent. This is obviously without even having seen the person because there is that token female culture that you think, well, ultimately there is only, you know, ever like say one act out of the four that is female or one act out of the three. So like this feeling that, oh, well, you know, we are, like I'm essentially competing with the female comics. I mean, that's grounded in reality because you are. And I think I said to you, I don't know what what night were we chatting, but I did say, like, it says it all that I would view myself as competing with the female comics, but I never really view myself as competing with the male comics. And it is because of that system whereby the men are like, we'll give one girl a spot. And that is it. Like, that's why I do view, like, you know, I mean, not so much anymore, but you would still feel like you're competing with female comics because it is ultimately the result of, like, a misogynistic system where there's only ever room for one female on the bill. So you are competing with them. Like, it it definitely has, there has, in terms of, like, it it definitely has gotten better. And I'm sure if we spoke to female comedians who were on the circuit before us they were like well let me I'll tell you something do you know what I mean I totally get that but I'd say like when I after I started out because I was kind of like a lone wolf for so long so when I started kind of getting chatting to Grania and getting chatting to you I was probably just like oh yes this is this grand now I'll have I'll have my little buddies and that'll be that'll be fine but I think yes I definitely would have to say that like if if I am at things that in the future I will have to you know call it out because at the same time uh I'm I'm well able to well I think as well it's kind of if you're when you're starting out and you're progressing it's virtually impossible for you to call something out like you you have to actually reach a certain level of power before like you calling out something out like you know what actually I think that joke is pretty fucking shit like the what the fuck was that about like in order to be heard you actually do have to I I don't want to say play the game but certainly turn a blind eye to a lot of fucking shit until you reach that point where you can say you know what actually I don't think that's cool and people are listening yeah and but I'm saying you, that there it's, is it's, just, it's like it's like a dance. Yeah. Like you have to kind of I like well certainly in my experience, like you have to kind of turn a blind eye to a certain now a certain extent, because I think again, not to be all like, oh, aren't we fucking deadly? Because I think this is just basic human decency, but both you and I, like, if it came to like say lads talking about women and stuff in their lives, and we've both been present for like comedians talking about like girls they're riding or whatever and being like what the fuck and we might 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 make a joke at their expense or something mm-hmm. in order to, I mean but that in and of itself you know is probably us saying this is not okay but like when it comes to some of the material and stuff I'm always a bit reticent because then you're like oh but you know could they come back to me and say well I don't like your material on x y and z I know it's 
you know, especially with comedy, I do think comedy when it comes to material has to be the final frontier of like free speech and like being able to make a joke about whatever the fuck you want. But again, like you and I have both been present for things that you're like, I'm sorry, but that's just not okay. Yeah, I know. And you see, I suppose in a way, both of us went to stand up when we were that little bit older, as in like we weren't like, 18, 19, well, yeah. in our and early And that 20s. made a big difference, yeah. And when I it was starting as well, I had just had Joe, and it wasn't that long after that I got pregnant with Tommy. So I wouldn't have really have been seen as, like, prime candidate for a predator. Yeah. And I, th- I you know think the mean? age... Yeah, and I think the age thing, the Massive fact that thing. we were both a bit, a bit older, I mean, like, even, say, with my own experience, like... I've had like horrific experiences with men in my life, like utterly traumatizing experiences. Have I been sexually abused by somebody in the comedy sector? I can categorically say like, absolutely not. I would say even in terms of sexual harassment, you know, I did have like one person when I was looking to get a gig who was really persistent in asking me like for a drink and blah, blah, blah. That lasted a couple of days. But other than that, I can honestly say, I haven't been sexually harassed in comedy. That, that's yes. not, you know, I think you were probably the same. Yeah. And even but that person has now even <laughs> been weeded out. There would just be, I suppose, there there would have been like maybe a, would have the best way to phrase it from our ex- experience is that there would have been just kind of undertones there of stuff that kind of like, it shouldn't really be, you know, there was hints, say, of people uh, ab- abusing their position or, you know what I mean, like the the power dynamic, definitely. Well, but- yeah, and I, I think, like, you know, I can say that I wasn't, you know, a victim of sexual harassment within the comedy sector, but, I mean, both you and I have experienced, like, the, the level of sexism and misogyny it's it's huge. I mean, even if it's like you walk into a room and the guys are like laughing their heads off, telling some story and they stop talking when you come in. Yes. Uh, yes. Like things like like things like, for example, if you're the headliner on a bill and like somebody like, I don't know, like a male who is not the headliner tells you how long you're going to be doing, how long they're going to be doing, even though you might say, well, no, like, that's not what we agreed. We agreed X. They're saying, well, no, like, let's just do Y. And what pisses me off about all that shit is that I feel as a woman so many times, like guys will say to me, I have to, you know, I need to do longer than you because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, you need to do shorter because of this, because make up some bullshit reason. Um, would you mind like picking me up? Would you mind dropping me home? Would you mind doing this? Would you mind doing that? They instantly think because you're a woman that you're going to be more amenable to shit. And they say stuff to you that they would never say to a man. Like there's no way a male support act would say to a male headliner, no, like I know you said to do X, but I'm going to do Y because that's what I feel like I'm going to do. You know, I think they'd enjoy that more. That's more like it would make for a better show, blah, blah, blah. There is no way in hell that conversation would happen. And the only reason those conversations happen is because you're a woman. Yeah. 
and it's bullshit and like you know even the whole thing of like the male little you know you come along and they're having their chats and you're automatically excluded because of your sex like you know they stop talking because you're there because they know you won't want to hear this shit like all of that is just it's nearly endemic yeah that is and like you're you're not really you're not really part of the group you're, but you're really? not, you're on the, you see, this is it. You're on the peripheries. Then they're like, you know, they, they, you know, they go, you might go for a drink with them or whatever, but they're almost kind of, they're almost kind of indulging you. They're like, come for a drink, but it's token. Like they want you to fuck off and they want to go off and like have their mad conversations and their mad shit. Like it's just, it's complete yeah. bullshit. Like you're always placed on that periphery. I know it's very draining though at this point and it's just like oh and, and it is because like what I like because so many people over the last few days have asked me and I think both you and I and maybe it is because we started <laughs> a bit older as well um but I I think that it's it's those little examples of sexism that wear you down like it's just exhausting yeah and there are like but I think it's I think it's exhausting for Everybody, because obviously the majority of people who are doing it are just regular fucking people who like to tell jokes or whatever. Like the majority are. But there's just all these people that keep cropping up that are absolute scum. And it's just like, and then everyone has to like talk about it. And it's just like, it's just fucking draining, really. It's just like, oh my God, I just want to tell the jokes and fucking go home. Like, but I don't know. I know. You just want to tell the jokes and go home to your G&T. That's, that's all you want to do. That's basically like, all it is. Look, I mean, and then some of the men are so kind and so wonderful. Like, do you remember that guy? Oh, I mean, what a doubt. Do you remember he said to me um, that my material was good, but I should just play with my hair more on stage? <laughs> do you remember that guy? What a star. He was so generous with his time as well. And, you, like and the great thing about that was you hadn't even asked him, but he was willing to oh, give you that advice. This is it. The fact that they, you know, you invite people on, you know, you invite somebody on your podcast and they spend the whole time like interrupting you or telling or steering where they think the podcast should go or, you know, offering their fucking advice on your material about fucking tampons. And you're like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I think, I think I, I know, like, I like, I love the advice, but just let, let me have the tampons. I think I know what's what on that score. I just, it's like, come on. It's it's like, come though, on. You, you did get, I don't know why we've said this before, you did get the unsolicited advice a lot more than me. But then I can tell well, I, I do. don't give off the approachable vibes and I'm like, fucking damn straight, I don't. I, I get the unsolicited advice. I get the request for lifts. I get the, it's just, it's endless. I don't know what it is about my head that says walk all over me, but it it, it really, I am, I, I just always get these exchanges. It just really, really gets on my tits. I think it's because when you started, you, you were, you were trying to brand yourself as a nice person. Well, I just didn't realize if you gave if you gave one person a lift, it would turn. I do like. Do you remember? I went down the country to this comedy club. Obviously, was teaching at the time. I went some t- something like ten weeks 
out of three months, I went down to do this midweek comedy gig. Never once did that prick, never once did he give me money for petrol. And he would always ask me to bring other comedians with me. And when I like used to bring this up, I'm like, this? oh, it just seems an awful lot. And now I can't, I can't name him. It, it could be one for a Zoom party. But okay. like he would ask me to bring other, he would ask me to bring other people. And you know yourself, like you're living in Kilmainham and somebody's living in fucking Donna Bate. And you come back and it's 3am and you're like, okay, well now I have to drop this bastard to fucking Donna Bate because he's no way to get home. But like nobody ever gave me money for petrol. Like when you see, it's even like, that thing of putting you into in the position of being the in the profession. car uh, but yeah. even the thing the whole the like the safety thing of putting it on you that you have to be in a car in your car now with somebody that you don't know late at night driving across the country it's just yeah. ridiculous even from a safety point of view how can you they can't vouch for this person yeah, no, nobody gives a shit. And then, as you say, you're sitting in a car with them for three hours and they ask after a couple of hours, can we stop for food? Like, this kind of shit. <sighs> Go fuck yourself. Do you bread at home, grand? Yeah, have fucking toast then. Fuck you. But you know I always stop for food. I know. And that, I'm, I'm not going to start. That's That's the... The start and the end of my fucking responsibility on this, as far as I'm concerned, because my number one priority is my own family, myself, my health and safety, all the rest of it. I, I, you know, I can't, I'm not going to fucking, I'll be pure honest about this, I'm not going to go around fucking fighting about all sorts for all different kind of people because I just don't. But you, but you can't do that. Well, I'm like, not going to do it. That, but, but I think, like, but you can't do that because I think ultimately... I haven't have taken to... on a role of responsibility in no, it. No, you haven't. But and I'm going to take think... a responsibility for what I see and for my but own actions. Is... And that's all yeah. I can do. Yeah. And even, you know, like even today now... Um, uh, you know, and I'm sure a lot of female comics got it. You know, you, you get the couple of DMs from people saying, Would you mind talking about X, Y, and Z? And I feel like it's not my place to kind of give like my opinion. No, on I don't feel that either. Down. Whereby, like, I mean, you're talking about like women who have been seriously violated. I have, I, there's no way, like, why should I be banging on about? something when ultimately these poor women have been seriously violated i know they have they have their own stories to tell like who like who gives a fuck what i mean obviously i am appalled by these stories like but why should i be kind of standing up and saying well now i'm going to speak on this because i think everyone's to hear my opinion no like let these poor women say what they need to say but ultimately, like, I, there's no way they should be coming to me for, oh, what do you think? I think the same as any other human being with any iota of decency. I find, like, these stories so upsetting, so apparent. If I see something happening, it's up to you. You have a responsibility in that moment to tackle it, to do something, whether it's a conversation, a comment made, like, anything like that. Yes, it's the, li- it's, it's, it's the little behaviours. 
it's the insidious stuff yeah. which leads to the big stuff. Yeah, and that's totally. the thing. So, like in these toxic atmospheres, like you know, people are led away with jokes that on stage. Then they're led away with disgusting, disgusting comments they make about women in, backstage. Then it just it, it's incremental. It it in those kind of toxic atmospheres really, really awful things can flourish. And if you tackle it early on, and we all have that responsibility, you can kind of, I, th- I hope anyway, uh, you can create a safe, safer atmosphere for everyone and a safer working environment. But I think like the thoughts of me actually giving my opinion on like, who who the hell am I to even I yeah. utter a word in relation to what these women are talking about. Obviously, I put out a tweet of support a couple of days ago, but there's no way I would be that like delusional as to think that my opinion on these kind of things even matters. But as you say, Emma, it's up to us in the moment, if we see something that makes us uncomfortable, to actually address it. And that's ultimately, hopefully, how you can change the culture, because the culture does need to be changed. Yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah. But that, yeah. And I suppose maybe on a subconscious level, but like probably just didn't at the same time, didn't have the interest and it didn't fit into my life. But I never got heavily, yeah, I gigged, heavily involved in a gigging scene, but I never got heavily involved in the outer parameters of the circuit. Do you know what I mean? No. Never, and, I, I and I don't know I, whether that was like, as I said, life or whatever. But I don't know whether there's a like a thing in my brain that's like, no, not for me. Well, I think yeah. I just think that there, you know, you hear conversations and you hear jokes and you just think to yourself, I don't find that funny. I don't know why everyone's laughing at this. Like that's a load of fucking bullshit. And you think, do I want to go for pints with these people? No, like, like just I so I can be one of the lads. No, like no. I don't. I'd ra- I'd rather go home. And like I'm sure, you know, you go off, and I've often been on the receiving end of like, you know, jokes. But oh, I suppose Julie's driving and such a moon tour and like all that. No, like maybe I just don't want to hang out and like lish- listen to your absolute bullshit. <laughs> I know, but it, like, so I mean, it is absolutely, you know, any of my uh, great, like, say, any of my grievances on personal level, personal experience, are just people being a bit shitty or a bit like, you know, uh, clueless or stupid or whatever. Uh, but in terms of like what women were coming out with you know, speaking up about their stories over the weekend is just off the fucking charts. Because I feel like, and even though I feel like many of my experiences are in no way different to what any other person would probably experience in some of their workplaces. I don't think they're unique. Yeah, well, I think in, in any industry, like this is such an obvious thing to say, but like, I think we'd all agree in any industry, if a woman is getting some kind of a promotion or some kind of a leg up, they always have to be that bit better than the man standing beside them. And I'm sorry, I don't care what the industry is. That is a fact still. Like, it's just the truth. They always have to be that bit better 
than a man. Like that is, I mean, it's not exclusive to comedy at all. And I think like this weekend I had a big, well, I wouldn't say a big, but I did have something kind of typed up a bit of a paragraph about just like the broader issue of misogyny in comedy. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to put that up because it's just kind of making this about me. And like, it's so not about me, but like it is, you know, it does point to like the broader issue. I mean, even I said it on maybe it was the extra episode, but even a couple of years ago, do you remember the guy who came up to me and we were at the Vodafone launch party and said, don't bother looking at the poster because your name isn't up there. And I was doing the main tent that year. It was my first time doing the main tent. Yeah. So like that kind of, but again. Yeah, but like everyone's whole, experiences are valid to the conversation at the same time. Well, maybe, yeah, like maybe you're right. But like, I mean, it and it does feed into maybe the bigger picture. But again, it comes back to: Would he have said that to me if I was a man? No, like there's no way. So it does, and like my Twitter Twitter meltdown in January, I, there were a few, you know, there was a few different factors kind of at play there. But I like I don't want to like you know scapegoat like myself or you know other issues that were going on. But like a lot of it actually was to do with men. And a lot of it was to do with like male comics offering me their opinion on fucking everything, telling me I was doing shit wrong, like basically putting me back in my box all the time. And as you yeah. said, Emma, because I know this is a thing. Yeah, because I know, I know, like from you know, so obviously, like we we talk loads, and we would talk obviously we talk about other stuff when we talk about comedy loads but I know that that has been something that has been slowly chipping away at you probably for the last two years yeah and even though you would have uh, you know you're a human being you would have women in in comedy or who are involved in comedy or whatever that you wouldn't be the the biggest fans of or you wouldn't call them mates but they you it wouldn't be the same sort of comments and no tone. it's a different beast it, it yeah. would be a different thing it would just be that there's um there's another person and it's not that you know you would have people in comedy that you you just don't get on you're just different people you know, might rub each other up the wrong way, personality clashes, whatever, but at gigs and whatever, you you know, it's all very professional, kind of an, a nod in a way even, you know, Jesus, oh, it's fucking lashing out, yeah, anyway, she'll talk to you later. But it seems that what you've been saying to me for the last few years is there's just been kind of a, a slow kind of Chinese water torture thing of almost, uh, the, the, the theme of it is, let's bring her down a peg or two is my sense of well, it well this is that's you know, the general theme of me, it yeah and I think for me like it did start and it's no coincidence that I think like male comics who I had up to that point considered to be my mates were just making me feel small in various ways like again it's insidious it's you know like it's offering you advice saying this is what you should be doing that's what you should be doing like you know it's kind of making jokes at your expense all the time and of course like it's no coincidence that that did essentially kind of start when I started to get a bit more successful yeah and that's when these shitty comments started all the time and like I think a lot of people a lot of those particular people wouldn't have liked when you started going out with Fred. 
No. And like there were a lot of, like there were a lot of jokes about that. And I mean, I'm, you know, we're doing comedy at the end of the day, so you don't want to be the jokes, please. So I would have no like, of course, you know, they were always like making jokes about Fred and me going out with Fred and all that. And like, okay, it gets a bit boring, but ultimately I'm not gonna take much offense. But I think just then when certain comments were made about like maybe me getting stuff and like, oh maybe it's because she's going out with Fred, like that's when that's just stuff that really makes my blood boil. Yeah. You know, so I think and like even I don't know how many times I had to say it to people and even having to say say it to people annoyed me so much. But like when Tommy got me to support him on his tour, like he had seen me at Vodafone. He didn't even like know my name. He had no idea that I was going out with Fred. Like they filmed the TV show in like what, March, February, March. Yeah. This was like this like so it had no correlation with that at all. But again, it does, you know, it does come back to there, without a shadow of a doubt, like there are women in comedy that I do not get on with, but it just is a different beast when you have sexist men who want to put you back in your box and they want to put you back in your box because they will never admit this, but it is because you're a woman and they don't want to see you doing better than them. Yeah, like I think say when you'd be telling me about various things that we would be said and I don't think any of this stuff would be said when I'd be there. No. But you tell me about stuff that would be said. And like, say you might say, say you might say like one thing. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, he'd want to fucking get a hold of himself or, you know what I mean? Oh, like, what the fuck's up his hole? But so it all sounds like kind of like stuff that's kind of about like, oh, you know, the way everyone's joking, all slagging each other off or whatever. But then some like somebody chose in a comment and you're like, oh, Jesus, that was unnecessary. So that's the yeah. way that's the way it would be like, Jesus, that was fucking unnecessary. But then when you start to kind of add the things up and there's kind of various comments from the same and like small pool, we, we, we should say anyway as well, like small pool of the same people that would be constantly just uh, throwing in little comments to you all the time when you start to kind of look at them all and you add them up it's like oh that is not good but if you if you, it's not the kind of thing where if you told somebody like one of the comments you'd be like oh my god that's fucking unacceptable or whatever but when it's when it's kind of when you start to kind of like say it all and and then this and then this and then this and then this it's like right well that's pretty much fucking every time they see it they're kind of going out of their way to say something fucking and and, you know the sad thing is if you had because I mean maybe like when I started out like they would have been like ahead of me in the game and I'm not saying in any way like I'm ahead of them now like you know maybe we're at the same level or whatever but they were quite happy to be nice to you when they viewed it as such that you were beneath them but then when you start getting shit, like that's when these little comments start. And do you know what, Emma? I'd say half the time, like even sure some of them could be listening to this podcast and they mightn't even recognize like the effect of like one little comment here and there. But when it's just, it's obviously cumulative as well. So you're kind of getting this from a few different male comics. They they wouldn't even probably recognize that they are guilty of these behaviors. Yeah. That they actually are because they you know do not want to accept and even with the whole conversation now like say with Black Lives Matter one thing I think which is really great is like it's forcing us it's kind of forced us all to look at our own prejudices and recognize that everyone has prejudices and to 
ultimately just look at yourself to seek to do better. But it's kind of like that with sexism as well. Like people are so slow to admit, yeah, I'm a sexist. Yeah. Even though like no more than with racism, like on some level, they're probably aware I do actually have those kind of prejudices within me. But it's just actually starting a conversation about it. But people are so slow to actually recognize. Yeah, like I actually do get I actually am pissed off because she's a woman and she's getting shit. Like who's going to actually own up to that? Yeah, I know. Well, that's what I, I know exactly what you mean. Sure. Like even like the fact that, <clears throat> say, with all this stuff at, over the weekend, you know, I the only thing that I can do is look at, okay, well, what part do I play in this? Yeah. Do you know, because that's the only thing I can actually control. And I, 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 can't, think, I, I think... cannot control other people's behavior. But even if you are, you know, and you're, you're confident in the belief or whatever, that, you know, inverted commas, you're one of the good guys or whatever, you still, you still can look at where, where your role is in all of it anyway. No matter how, no matter how big or small. Yeah, I, but that's it. That like, that was the the conversation I recently with Black Lives Matter as well. It I think it did kind of force us all to look at our roles within these things and not to just cop out and say, "Well, I'm not like that." Like you know, I'm not prejudiced, and you need to really sit down and say, "Well, is that true?" Like. You know, I and I mean, I think certainly with comedy, like it is hopefully starting. I mean, I know this conversation has been had before, but hopefully it will kind of open up more of a conversation and maybe lead to kind of a safer and more pleasant environment for for everyone. But I think it starts ultimately with people checking themselves. And the Mm -hmm. scary thing is the scary thing is admitting to yourself, actually, I have laughed along with those fucking disgusting, like Joe Rogan style jokes. I have been a dickhead to women in the industry and beyond. Like it's 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 hard to do that, but like you yeah. can't. Like change isn't going to happen until they recognise I actually am a sexist and I have contributed to this to some degree. Yeah, because even like say little things like say now even before all of this or whatever. And don't get me wrong, someone can meet me, <laughs> another comedian starting out can meet me at the gig. And I'd be like, hey, how's it going? And it's like, yeah, I'm just on my phone because this is the first time I've gotten to myself all day. Like, don't take it personally. But I have several times tried to make a conscious effort that if I see someone new and I think that they're good or whatever, that I will go and tell them that they're good. Now, I know that's like, oh, wow, Emmy, you're such a fucking hero. But I'm like, you know, it is lonely when you're starting out and... I just, you know, just sometimes like I, uh, it takes sometimes yeah. it takes so long to even talk to people or feel like that, you know, even that there's somebody that you've talked to or whatever. So I'll always try to say, oh, like, you know, that was great, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. So at least like if they did ever, even right. even the whole thing of like nothing to do with anything being negative, but even if they wanted to ask somebody a question of how do you, do you get that gig or what's that gig like or whatever, that maybe they might feel that, oh, well, maybe I'll ask that girl I met the other night at the gig. Or, do you know what I mean? I know that sounds so fucking stupid, but 
like I would even have thought of things like that like okay well like you know I might fucking try and do that which is totally not <laughs> my personality but I'm like yeah well I'll give it a go you know so but well I think it I think it is important I mean I would I'm not just jumping on the bandwagon here and saying oh I do tell new people they're great as hell green eyed monster julie's no. not telling you no love Peace I'm, I'm reading i'm reading the old manual how to be human that one for my own mate that other male comic you told me to piss out of me for 10 fucking weeks but anyway and it does say actually when you think something nice say it is like yeah so yes. i do and in fairness i have to say at my first gig um, I was really lucky because Billy Anderson was there. He was really nice to me. Um, <clears throat> who I think his year anniversary was just there the other uh, a couple of days ago. But super nice guy. Conor McGlynn, she was the MC. Super nice guy. And absolutely, Joe. Yeah. yeah, and Joe Dowling was there with Billy DeCourcy, Corsa, and. Uh, Joe came up to me and gave me lo- gave me the fucking lowdown straight away. He told me who to get on to what gig, what to do, how to do it, what to tell them. Joe sorted me out straight away. Well, you see, and you know what? It might be nice, actually, to end on that note, because I feel in the interests of balance, it is important to say as well that... Like, there are some gorgeous, gorgeous men in comedy. Like, there is some absolute gentlemen I mean you I actually want to list off names here but I'm not going to because invariably you're going to leave people out of course but like but that was my first gig and to be honest like even though like I'm ambitious and I really wanted to do comedy and whatever but that was my first night my first experience of stand-up comedy and it could have been very different and you know what I mean I'm not saying like oh god I could have I could have gotten I'm not saying like something extreme but it could have been a lot less friendly than that. But all it takes is all it takes is one person to say to you, like, I think you're good. Like I, because I actually did the Patriots in way too early. I didn't realize like Cullum Regan's gig is like the cream of the crop. The Patriots in gig, um, it's you know it's really like the best of the best, isn't it, Emma? Like it's hmm. such you know a good gig. But I did that, and I did. I mean, I felt I did shite. I mean, that's not me being hard on myself. It just wasn't a great gig. I just did it way too early. Yeah. But I'll never forget. Colin Regan was like, "Can I send a thing?" And he was like, "I have a bit of feedback." if you want to see it. And I was like, oh, here we go. I was just bracing myself now for something. It was the kindest, most helpful feedback. And then the last line I'll never forget was, he was like, but ultimately, Judy, you're the real deal. Oh, yeah. And you're going to be great. And I just said, and I always think that, like the real deal. And you know Mm, what? It just encouraged me so much. So, like, I feel like there are just gorgeous, gorgeous men in comedy. What I would love is because I feel like the change of course like, we're Simon, part of the change. Yeah, Simon O'Keefe is like that as well. Always oh, real Simon, early on when I was gigging. And he would give you such good, solid, clear advice on jokes. Not like we condescending. To, no, yeah. if you were Not trying to work out a joke or whatever. Build, or, yeah. or he'd tell Build you about yeah. maybe something he did. He'd be quite he'd be quite open about like if he was trying something that wasn't working or you know that kind of way. So it wouldn't yeah. even though like he'd be ahead of you in the game, it would still it would just be like a sharing thing. 
Do you know what I mean? They it's, were just... well, it's like Simon is a wonderful example of somebody who is really generous of spirit. And like when he's giving you advice, it's not coming from a place of I know better than you. No. It's genuinely like trying to work through it and it's scaffolding. It's building on what you have. And I do think like it is important to say that like aside from the fact like obviously sure I'm having a baby with one of the male comics. Like, you know, like hello, like I've bought into them. But I think so many of them are really decent gorgeous human beings and I think you know the ones that need to change there are a lot of them certainly we're part of the change but I think it has to start with a lot of a lot of men in comedy I'm not talking about like the obvious ones who have like been outed over the weekend as guilty of the most heinous crimes like ever but I'm talking about like men in general actually saying to themselves what can I do to make this better for women in comedy? Yeah. Because I think it's it actually boils down to, like I think we talked about it, you know, as well, but like every promoter, everyone running a club should be coming out saying, what can I do? Yeah. And it'll just be a better, it'll just be a better, more enjoyable experience for everyone. Well, I think because we're past the point now where, you know, everyone's saying, isn't this awful? How did this happen? This is so toxic. This is just so wrong. Yes. What are we going to do about changing it? Like it has to start with it, like just ordinary comics, It like examining their own behaviors, examining why did I say that to her when I wouldn't say it to him? Yes. Why do I have an issue with her headlining this gig? And I just have like an open spot or whatever. Like ask yourself those really tough questions. You probably don't want to hear the answers, but you have to listen to the answers in order for this to change. I think you should just phone your man, Julia, and just say that. <laughs> I think it's getting out of control now. I think it's... Oh, look. I just have these visions of you. You've just given birth to your 12 pound baby but it was a breeze oh, everything no everything's fantastic you feel like a new woman okay you're glowing everything's you're just like oh my god this is the most beautiful experience in my life you're full of confidence and love and you're feeling empowered and you're craving your and new then, baby and you're like did I ever tell you about those gigs I did <laughs> no you know what's gonna happen is that I'm gonna go into my phone I'm gonna get a notification for rent a comic which by the way can we just burn rent a comic down? And um, your man will be like, hey, like, does anyone want to, like, is anyone available to drive? Blah, 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 blah. DM me and I'm just going to forget about the baby. The baby's going to fall to the ground and I'm just going <laughs> to, like, shake my fists in the air. And I still won't name him. But I will. <laughs> you know I will one of the days. I just think so many of them get on my tits. It's terrible. I know. You've had pretty bad luck in fairness. Listen, I better go off It's because you tried to brand yourself as a nice person. I told you this. Well, You need a rebrand after brand. the baby now. You say it's a brand. Like, I'm like <laughs> this really awful, awful human being. No. I just can't think of another word for it. Well, you know, look, I obviously have an issue with boundaries. So, like, I mean, that's just unfortunate. You went, you, you, no, you went, I suppose the better way to put it is you, you went you went into it with bright eyes and a bushy tail. I Something was bushy. Not the tail, <laughs> but there was definitely a bit of bush going on back in the day. But, like, it's just, look, the lesson learned is, you know, if you have an issue with boundaries and you also have a driving license and access to a car in comedy, 
you're gonna you're gonna have issues okay you need to be a little bit more robust yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to go out to poor fred now he's get it like there's a lot of talk about um sexism misogyny in this Uh, house at the moment yeah and uh, Fred is absorbing it all, bless him. And yeah, we've had, we've had, we've actually had some really interesting chats about this over the weekend. Yes. But yeah, look, that's our advice, isn't it, Emma? That I think, especially if you're a male comic, obviously as a female comic as well, ask yourself what you can do. But I think if you're a male comic listening to this, you need to really ask yourself, how have I con- contributed to this problem? Yeah. And it's, you know, comedy is all about like oh you know you get stuck in that thing of the next gig and the whatever but I think sometimes it's you do need to kind of step back and just look at the bigger picture yeah because otherwise you can't get sucked into it like no it's a vortex yeah it's a vortex like I think I think that's really really important to have stuff as well outside of comedy because there, it's just there's a lot of shit and you need to mind yourself and one final thing I would say before we go is um, do not take advice from me I change my mind all the time I know nothing I'm about sure anything no, and like my opinions wind. mean nothing Emma I listen She's to sometimes I go back and uh, sometimes I go back and listen to up to 90 and to say we to say we contradict ourselves like Look, our opinions are like the wind, but today that's what our opinion is. That's how I feel Who today. knows what it will be tomorrow? Emma, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've been Chidi Che. I've been Emma Doran. God bless, patrons. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.